you can change the world. Learn from proven change makers from all walks of life. They'll show you how to raise money, invest for impact, and so much more. You can start small, start today, and never quit. You can change the world by strengthening your superpowers. Now, welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome. We are so thrilled to have you here today. We, uh, I am just excited. We've got Dom Kelly with us. Dom is uh, the, the founder, CEO, and president of the New Disabled South. It's a, a, a nonprofit with an affiliated uh, activist side of things, a 501c4 to go with the 501c3, doing amazing work. Uh, so help me welcome Dom Kelly. Uh, Dom, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Devin. This is super exciting. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, well, no, the, the, the privilege and pleasure is all ours. Why don't we start by asking you to just give us a little bit of a, an overview of work that you do at New Disabled South? Absolutely. So New Disabled South, we are the first and only regional disability organization in the country. Um, what that means is that there are great organizations doing great work focused on people with disabilities all around uh, the country, but nobody who is taking that view of this work um, from a regional perspective. And so a few years ago in my organizing work, um, in my political work, I realized that so many of the issues that my community as disabled people face um, here in Georgia, folks were facing in the South in other parts of the South, in Mississippi, and North Carolina, Alabama, um, and that no one was really bringing folks together to kind of problem solve. Um, so that's what New Disabled South started as. It was a way for me to do some coalition building, me to bring people to the table. Um, and what it's turned into now is a full-fledged organization that does do coalition building, but we also do policy advocacy work. Um, we do grassroots community organizing um, throughout 14 states in the South. We have a research operation that really tries to have the data to back up our uh, fights for policy change. Um, we have a really strong comms team that is really focused on narrative change around disability in the South. Um, and then with our 501c4 arm, we get to do a little bit more political um, a little bit more progressive um, uh, work. Uh, but between those two, New Disabled South is the C3 and New Disabled South Rising is the C4. Our goal is really to create change for disabled people in the South. What do you see as being the kind of the, the difference, the challenges that are I won't say unique because I'm sure you would agree that there's probably nothing happening in the South that never happens anywhere else. But what do you see as the differences in the South where maybe there are greater problems for disabled people than in other parts of the country or or is there? There, there are um, there. There are. And it has a lot to do with um, the legacy of this region, both good and bad. Um, we see, we talk about voting, for example, a lot of the work we do is around expanding access to our democracy to disabled people. 
Um, we see things like long lines, um, hours and hours long lines here in Georgia and other states. Um, that doesn't happen in a lot of other places. We still live in a region where the legacy of Jim Crow, um, you know, these Jim Crow policies that made it um, impossible for Black folks to vote um, are, are still present. We still see voter suppression actively enacted here in the South, and that impacts disabled people, particularly if you're Black and disabled or multiply marginalized. Um, that's one example. We have seven out of the 10 states in this country um, in the South that have not expanded Medicaid, um, fully expanded Medicaid. So we've got people in our community who are in that coverage gap who can't get access to affordable, accessible health care. Um, that's not just a Southern issue, but it's disproportionately here in the South. Um, disproportionately here in the South, we've got people who are waiting for sometimes 10, 15, 20 years for waivers that would allow them to get care in their homes instead of having to be forced to live in institutions. That's also not just a Southern problem, but we've got 75% of people who are waiting for those waivers here in the South. Um, so there are issues like that that we know are not unique to the South, but that we see disproportionately. And as, it, as a result, they impact disabled people even more so here than they do in other places, especially when you take into consideration the fact that we've got the highest poverty rates here in the South. You know, we've got inaccessible transportation. We've got a housing crisis that we don't see in other parts of our country. A lot of that has to do with an unwillingness for the folks that we elect to actually um, you know, spend the money that we, the taxpayers pay. And so that's part of the work that we're doing is trying to get those decision makers, those uh, people who we elect into power to actually prioritize our community. You know, uh, years ago, I had a woman on my show who was uh, disabled, uh, a powerhouse woman. She she had uh, she was really a genuine influence. She had a, a very big, important job in in media and uh, as a producer. And you know, so she was a big deal. Uh, at the same time, uh, she pointed out that uh, I think she had uh, uh, muscular dystrophy, uh, some form of that. And uh, she pointed out that the the organization employed no people with uh, disabilities, certainly none with muscular dystrophy. And it really bugged her, right? Uh, I think you uh, have a policy at your organization that everyone on the team, the board members, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think everybody uh, is working with a disability. And so you're really kind of walking the talk about employing and incorporating people. How have you done that? How does that work? How do you guide other people to follow that example? Sure. Well, I'll say we don't necessarily have a policy in terms of hiring because like we can't discriminate on who, who we hire. Um, that said, we have been really lucky to um, have the opportunity to hire disabled people. Um, so right now our entire staff is disabled. Our entire governing board, which I put together, is all dis are all disabled people. Um, and that's critical. Like our community doesn't get the opportunity to join boards that other people get. Um, we often don't have the opportunity to have jobs 
um, that are not just working in disability rights or disability justice, but in general, jobs that have, you know, the kinds of environments that are accommodating to us and our needs. Um, sometimes people don't feel safe disclosing in a typical job um, for that reason. And so we, I think how we've done it is we've created a culture um, that feels safe for people with disabilities to come and apply for a job. Um, not just because they may be passionate about the work we're doing by their own lived experience, but because we offer benefits, we offer a workplace environment, a work structure that um, is rooted in disability justice principles, um, that is rooted in self-care and healing and restorative justice, that is rooted in, in what we would call an anti-capitalist politic, that like our bodies are not just for producing, um, that we really value um, our wholeness. Uh, and those are values that we've built our, our benefits, our policies around. Um, and I think for that reason, a lot of people in our community have felt that this would be a workplace that they would feel um, safe to be in and be out and disabled um, and that they would be supported. And really that just came from like, I had this vision of this org I wanted to build. I wrote down a list of all the things that I had ever wanted to have in a workplace as a person with cerebral palsy myself. Um, and I wrote those all down. And when I got to know my, who's the person who's now my co-founder and, and chief operating officer, um, when I hired her, I said, this is what I want to do. Is this possible? She said, Dom, we can do whatever we want. So we operationalized those ideas. And so I think that that's how we've been able to build a strong team of people with that lived experience. Tell me a little bit, uh, be a little bit specific. What are some of those things that you built into the structure that would be more welcoming to people who uh, have disabilities? Sure. So a really critical one for me was this idea of a four-day, 32-hour work week, which for some reason um, here in the United States is uh, not something we see very often. We're seeing more and more now, but um, I really wanted to be able to have full-time folks who did not work 40 hours, like a weekend should be longer than two days. It's something I've always wanted. And I, I've had jobs where we've had summer Fridays, but it didn't always, it kind of felt like a little dangling carrot and it never felt like it was something that, you know, was valued. And, um, and so a four day, 32 hour, strict 32 hour work week is critical. Um, we offer uh, fully paid unlimited time off. Um, uh, and that's not just a way to get people, you know, sometimes people, companies use that as a way to like make sure people don't take time off. And we have minimum time off um, that we ensure that our staff use. Um, that includes any sick time. There's no, we don't accrue sick time. We don't accrue PTO. We, we have it unlimited for a reason. If people need to take care of themselves, they take care of themselves. We have a very progressive parental leave policy. Um, a year of parental leave that's six months full, fully paid full-time off and six months part-time hours fully paid. Um, and uh, we have fully paid health insurance, um, life, vision, dental, all of those types, types of things. Um, you know, those are all just a few examples of like the actual tangible benefits that we put in place to offer people that would make sure that they felt like if they were having a flare up or if they were, you know, having a day where they, you know, needed some time, some downtime, like we weren't going to 
say, no, you need to get your work done or you don't have any time accrued. That's, that's, that's often what makes the workplace inaccessible for our community. And also we're a remote organization and we really support our employees in making sure they have a comfortable place to work. That is, uh, I really appreciate you getting a little bit granular, a little bit specific because uh, those things are on the one hand easy and scary to big employers with lots of people. And yet you could see how uh, if more companies did this in the world, it would it would be transformative for society to have some of that pressure come off of being viewed as just a, a, a mechanism of production uh, rather than as a full human being. Uh, really profound stuff. Well, listen, I, I, we're going to take a quick break here uh, and then we'll come back and continue this discussion. So everybody, I, I, let me just reiterate, we're here with, with Dom Kelly, the CEO and founder uh, of the New Disabled South, uh, a nonprofit organization focused on uh, helping people with disabilities, both from, through advocacy and direct support. Uh, so stick around. You don't want to miss this. When we come back, we'll, we'll continue the discussion with about his superpowers. Want to learn from the world's great change makers? Find your superpower. Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers number four, good.com. Join us for Super Crowd 24 for two full days of wealth and impact creating content at this virtual conference on April 17th and 18th. We'll have 100 speakers and live pitch sessions. Learn how to invest like a pro and raise money from the crowd. Save 50% with the discount code SUPERCROWD at thesupercrowd.com. Join us at SuperCrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. March 21st at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're so excited. We've got with us today Dom Kelly. Dom is the CEO and founder of the New Disabled South, and uh, just great to be talking with him today. But Dom, we're going to shift gears now. We want to talk to you a little bit about your superpower. Uh, you you have accomplished pretty amazing things. We I wish we'd had time to get into more of it, but you you worked closely uh, on some really important political campaigns there in Georgia. You're a a big deal. Uh, you've accomplished some important stuff. You've made a big difference in the world. What do you see as your superpower? Well, first of all, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. Um, I, you know, I thought a lot about this, and um, I, I really think my superpower is is uh, empathy. Um, I I think the leaders that I have learned from um, have all exhibited empathy, and for me, um, you know, that is that comes from my own life experiences. Um, I, I'm a triplet, uh, and my fraternal triplet brother died when we were six years old, um, and that experience, uh, you know, completely changed my life. Um, but the the three of us shared this identity um, of dis- of being disabled, um, of having cerebral palsy, and um, you know that was bonding. Um, and uh, when he died, it it uh, really affirmed my commitment to this work. Um, And 
in being in political spaces and nonprofit spaces, um, even, you know, even in for-profit companies. And, you know, I, I have seen uh, a lack of empathy really take down leaders and take down organizations. Um, and it is something that I, I just go back to often and remind myself to, um, to really use my empathy as a strength. Um, and, uh, you know, that my, I, I can, I can understand and value people's humanity and what they've gone through. Um, uh, you know, we've, I've had staff this year, this past year go through some of the worst things you can go through in your life. Um, and, you know, I've been at workplaces in the past where that you, know, you would have been, you would have been only allowed to take five days bereavement leave, or you would have, you know, w whatever it was, you would not have felt supported. And I think I would say my, that's why my superpower is empathy. I'm, I'm able to empathize with the, these real human experiences that we go through um, and, uh, and show up for people. And that was you know, something, something my wife said to me when we met was that she really appreciated um, uh, that I, you know, that my empathy was a strength. And, um, and so I bring that into my leadership and I, I try to, I try to bring that into my everyday life, whether, whether it's with people with disabilities or just a random person I meet, um, you know, I, I really try to remember that we're all human and we're all going through it and, um, and try to really understand, you know, and, and empathize with people and their, their feelings and experiences. It is, uh, you know, profound what you're talking about. And, and I'm sorry to hear that you lost your brother. Uh, and I can imagine, uh, but only imagine how difficult that would be, especially for a six-year-old. Uh, but it's interesting to note how it has impacted your life. And I appreciate you sharing that. I, I wonder if you can think of an example, a specific example, when you used empathy uh, to face a challenge in your life or your career and sort of came out with a good ending that you, you can talk about it. Can you think of an example to illustrate this conversation? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, I think actually a great example is, uh, I was in a, a job that I really, um, was feeling frustrated with and, um, and it wasn't a good fit. And the boss that I had um, actually just didn't have a whole lot of empathy um, and and said some things to me. Uh, my wife and I were doing some, some work uh, at the border at the time to help um, refugees, uh, just doing some organizing. And, um, and at the time he said something like, you know, I wish, I wish you cared as much about my business as I, as you do about, um, about refugees at the border. And it was, uh, and it was, uh, it was frustrating because I felt I was working really hard. And, um, and at the same time, it really, it really highlighted some uh, misalignment for me. And, and so I share that because I was feeling frustrated. I was feeling afraid I was going to lose my job or I was going to quit my job or, you know, I was just going through it. And um, instead of, not doing what I was doing, um, I I got to double down. And at the time, we had um, a couple of friends who came to us to live with us as refugees from Honduras. 
Um, and when I got home that day, um, one of them had found out he got a really, a really bad um, diagnosis and, um, and shared it with us. Um, and I got to put my stuff aside and be there um, for him and his, and his partner um, and uh, be supportive and listen. Um, and it affirmed my commitment uh, to that, that work and what wound up happening was I, I lost that job and it wound up being the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, cause I wouldn't be down this path that I'm on now, but, um, but my ability to kind of put that aside and really be there for someone who needed it really put it into focus and put things into perspective and, um, and really made me realign with my values and what, what was important to me. And I think I showed up in that moment for someone who needed me. Um, so yeah, that, that's what comes to mind. Now that's a great example, great, a great, powerful illustration of how that, that can be an important part. If you were coaching a colleague, for instance, to develop empathy, uh, someone perhaps who uh, had failed to manifest empathy in a situation, you think, my friend, my, my colleague, let's, let's, let's be more empathetic. How would you coach them to actually develop that skill? It's, it can be tricky. It takes, it, it is a skill. I'm convinced. How would you coach someone? I think first and foremost, I would, I would coach this person to, I, how I, I, in a program part of, we would say, take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth. Um, I, I would really encourage that that person to listen. Um, I think that's critical to practicing empathy is just sitting and listening to another person, not having to speak, not having to interject um, unless it's needed or asked for. But I think really listening to somebody um, that you don't necessarily have to put yourself in their shoes or try to, you know, it, share your own experience or relate you just have to listen and i think that would be the first thing i would tell them is is maybe that next conversation you have with this person if they're your direct report or whatever it is like just just listen just really give them the the chance to talk um and i think over time the more you listen to somebody uh the more those kind of power dynamics fade away the the you know the the blocks that kind of prevent us often in the workplace um, from being empathetic and practicing empathy, I think can can kind of go away when you really start to listen to somebody else's experience. So it just starts with that for me. That's uh, great advice, great advice. And I, I really appreciate you taking a minute. As we wrap up, I wonder if you would just take a minute and tell people how they can learn more about the new disabled South, how they can connect with you. I know people after hearing you will want to connect with you on social media or maybe more directly, give them some coaching on the best ways to reach out uh, and, and how to learn more about New Disabled South and to support your work. I suspect there's a way for someone to donate if they really wanted to. So don't don't leave that out. Absolutely. Um, I'm a fundraiser, so I, I will never leave that out. Um, we, first of all, you can go to newdisabledsouth.org. That is our website um, for our 501c3. NewDisabledSouthRising.org is our for our C4. Um, you can also go to NewDisabledSouth.org slash donate. That is the best and easiest way to donate to our organization. Um, and then with me personally, um, 
I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me uh, if you search for Dom Kelly. You should be, I think it should be pretty easy to find me. There aren't many others. Um, and I'm also on social media. My uh, social media handle on Twitter and Instagram is at the underscore tattooed Jew, one word. Um, and I also have a personal website as well, the Um, And you can reach out directly as well there. Fantastic. Well, uh, Dom, we want to thank you for taking the time to be a guest on the show. We're so grateful that you make time for, for us. We want to wish you every success in the important work that you're doing uh, the, the, on, on both sides from you know, supporting individuals that uh, are facing challenges of disabilities. And uh, that it gets near and dear to my heart every day because I, I you know, the people in my life around me and some of my own experiences. And so I, I want to see you succeed there. And of course, the, the work you do as an activist and as an organization, uh, you know, with the new disabled South rising, really important. So we want to see you succeed. Uh, and we want to thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. All righty. Now, let's do some good.